1: Today, we're going to continue our discussion about how and why B2B data flows like a stream to the ocean. Joining us again is Stefan Hedebrandt, who is the co-founder and chief revenue officer at DreamData, which delivers tools that enable algorithmic decision-making in marketing and sales. DreamData integrates tracking providers to CRM and marketing systems to pull out and enrich data that provides insights to your customer journey at micro and macro levels. And yesterday, Stefan and I talked about enabling growth through actionable insights And today we're going to discuss how to use data to decloak the customer journey. Okay, here's the rest of my conversation with Stefan Hedebrandt, co-founder and chief revenue officer at DreamData. Stefan, welcome back to the Martech podcast.
2: Thank you so much, Benjamin. I'm super happy to be here still, and I really enjoyed our last conversation.
1: Excited to continue the conversation. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about dream data and how you're able to connect the pre-form fill PII submission data, all the marketing data, all the sort of generic data a user, a prospect can give to a brand and connect that to what happens after somebody tells you who they are and goes through your entire customer journey. I think one of the important things that helps make that data actionable and helps drive revenue is it gives you a clear picture of the whole customer journey. Talk to me about how you advise companies to use data to understand their customer journey and improve their
2: businesses. I think this is very much a habit shift kind of challenge, first of all. So let me give you an example. If your salespeople today are picking up their own phone when they're calling their leads, their customers, And not generating any digital touchpoint, then it's not possible to do any kind of attribution or give any kinds of insights to what they're actually doing.
1: There's a service that is a sponsor of the MarTech podcast called CallRail that would beg to differ. But I understand what you're saying. There is no click touchpoint. I think that you can get some data through phone conversions if you do it in a smart fashion.
2: Yes, if you use some kind of calling technology that has software associated to it, but what I want to say is if you do all your customer support inside your Gmail, then you're not generating any data. If you go to a conference and not pick up any kind of business cards and write them down into like an electronic system, you can't do any attribution to it. So it's about combing through all of your business and try to eliminate all these actions that actually do not get any digital touch point. Because that's kind of the foundation you need to have to actually start to understand your customer journeys. No digital touchpoint, no insights to the customer journey.
1: I think that's an important point is that when you're thinking about creating a universal home and really understanding your customers' interaction, putting a home to collect all of that data, you do need to merge the online and offline data, right?
2: Correct. So for example, you'll have people going to conferences and they probably pick up a lot of business cards out there. Um, then it's just super important that <laughs> they actually care enough or they understand the importance of putting like a digital touches to whatever they do. So if they go have lunch with somebody, make sure that they note it down in the CRM, say, I met this customer at this place. Yes, then it can be hard to judge exactly how important that lunch was, but you generated a digital touch that you were able to do some sort of attribution to The same for business cards that you pick up at a conference. I did meet that person on this day at this conference. He represented this company and it was actually the first time we saw this company. And this company ended up becoming a customer of ours six months later. So that's actually your first touch in that customer journey. So overall, it's getting out of the habit of doing offline stuff that nobody knows what's going on and putting it into like a more digital way of thinking.
1: So digitizing your non-digital marketing activities is one of the key ways to truly understand your customer journeys. When you're going through and you've cataloged or you've put forth your best faith efforts to get all of the offline information and you have your digital and your offline marketing events all categorized and all connected to the same system, a special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know What are the ways that you recommend that companies evaluate their customer's journey and what insights can they pull out?
2: There's so many things to say to that. And it also depends a lot on your role in the company. I used to be a CMO of a company. And what I cared the very most about was starting new journeys because this was a company that had to grow like 2x the revenue every year. So I was heavily focused on the touches that were initiating the buyer's journeys If you are looking to have a more conservative approach to your business, you just want to maybe optimize for the getting the most money right away. Then you might want to look at more of the last touches. What are the touches that is actually ending the journeys? So for me, doing marketing, doing growth is about generating revenue. And you want to be inspecting your data for explanations to what is actually leading to revenue. And the starting point I will take would always be to say, okay, Of the people we sold to, what are the similarities here? Did they all take a demo call? Did they all come from the same conference? What are kind of the similarities here? And then growth is really about when you find a recipe that works, then repeat the recipe. Try to double the recipe, try to 10x the recipe that kind of you find being the similar thing for the customers that you sold to. And when you look
1: at your customer journey, and you're thinking about finding the right recipe, and you're essentially looking at who's converting, are you going through a segmentation exercise? Are you looking and saying, okay, here's the customers that we found, there are multiple different paths, these are the most valuable, or do you just kind of look holistically and say, these are the customers that converted, let's put them all in one bucket and look for common themes?
2: So for us, it's just, we're looking at all the deals that closed, and then we're looking at where do they come from? Did they come from an organic visit? Did they come from an event? Did they come from an ad? And then we'll tell you which of these things were actually initiating the journeys that ends up becoming money. So that moves you away from this marketing being measured by delivering amount of MQLs per month, because MQLs is kind of a vanity metric. Because you want to be looking at, instead of delivering sales 10,000 leads, you want to understand the 500 leads that actually ended up becoming a customer. And being able to connect that whole journey from six months from where it started to until it ended at becoming a customer six months later is what you want to be doing.
1: I think that the MQL is meant to be a proxy for what's likely going to become business down the road. And I agree that if you have the ability to understand what actually drives revenue, you not only can understand what the path is to that revenue, you can also understand what the ROI of your marketing efforts are. You can do your multi-touch attribution and figure out which channels are actually attributing the most value.
2: And I can say from the data we have available from B2B companies, this old saying about the problem about my marketing is that I don't know which of the 50% that's working. That is still so very, very true today that we don't have a single customer that are not wasting 50% of their ad budgets. And you want to be able to reshift that spend and put it somewhere else when you discover that it's actually not leading to any journeys that becomes money.
1: I think that's great advice. Hopefully, we're not all wasting 50% of our budget, but it's likely to happen. Stefan, any last words of advice for how to think about decloaking the customer journey?
2: The most important thing is that you need to put your mind to the state where you think that we need to store all digital information in our own database. Nowadays, people trust Google, people trust Facebook, people trust their automation systems to tell you the truth. But most of them are like stock companies that have their own interests and they do analytics based on their data. You want to be doing analytics based on your own data. So you need to start storing your own data. And then when you have the capacity, the need, the, the hunger, you can do your own analytics. But if you don't start collecting it, you use valuable information every day that goes by.
1: The most trustworthy person you know is yourself. <laughs> and that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Stefan Hedebrandt, co-founder and chief revenue officer at Dream Data for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Stefan, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is shedbrandt, S-H-E-D-B-R-A-N-D-T, or you can visit his company's website, which is dreamdata.io. Just one link on our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, the contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge